Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, June 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Calculations from a UK think tank show that Boris Johnson's proposed tax plan could cost as much as £20 billion a year. The head of Instagram says shopping will become a core part of the app's future, and US President Donald Trump hits Iran with new sanctions. Plus, the FT's Laura Patel explains what Istanbul's repeat mayoral election means for Turkey's economy and the future for President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Boris Johnson's tax cut proposals would cost the UK government as much as £20 billion a year. That's according to calculations by the Institute for Fiscal Studies. Mr. Johnson is the frontrunner in the UK Conservative Party leadership race, and his plan would help the 3 million highest-paid people in Britain. The IFS found the tax breaks for high earners would cost about £9 billion a year in reduced tax revenues. It would also bring the number of high-rate taxpayers to the lowest level in 30 years. Mr. Johnson has proposed lifting the national insurance contribution threshold as well. This would rebalance some of the tax cut, but the IFS said it could cost another £11 billion annually. Mr. Johnson hasn't said how far he would lift the thresholds from which people pay UK national insurance. A research economist at the IFS said that the spending in Mr. Johnson's plan isn't clearly compatible with ending austerity in public spending or prudent management of state finances. Mr. Johnson has faced new scrutiny in the past few days. Over the weekend, it surfaced that Donald Trump's former right-wing aide, Steve Bannon, said he had advised Mr. Johnson on a keynote speech. Mr. Johnson's spokesman rejected Mr. Bannon's claims. And police went to a London apartment early last Friday morning after receiving a call about an alleged altercation between Mr. Johnson and his partner. Mr. Johnson avoided talking about the incident during a BBC interview last night. Over many, many years, and you can look back at innumerable statements when I, I gave when I was mayor and when I just do not go into this stuff. The head of Instagram wants the photo-sharing app's core vision to be retail. In an interview with the FT, Adam Mozeri said he wants to connect shoppers, sellers, and the app's significant number of influencers. Mozeri took over at the Facebook-owned Instagram in October last year. So what does that connection look like? Mozeri says he wants to include a native checkout function where shoppers can buy things on Instagram without leaving the app. He's also thinking about creating digital shopping bags where people can hold items in a cart. Instagram has only recently started testing ways to allow users to buy goods directly from the platform. Mozeri says, in reality, the project could take anywhere between 5 and 10 years. And that's because it will require significant infrastructure. Instagram needs to partner with payments providers in each country. Plus, things such as buyer protection features and inventory systems management integration would also need to be introduced. Facebook paid $8 billion for Instagram in 2012. At the time, it was posting losses and had no revenue. Analysts estimate the app will generate almost $16 billion in ad revenues this year. That would make up nearly a quarter of Facebook Group's total. 
And U.S. stocks finished in the red on Monday after the Trump administration hit Iran with new sanctions. The FT's Washington correspondent, Amy Williams, has more on the sanctions and how Iran responded. On Monday, U.S. President Donald Trump signed an executive order imposing fresh sanctions on top Iranian officials, including the Supreme Leader and his office, as part of the U.S.'s maximum pressure campaign against Tehran. The U.S. said the hard-hitting sanctions were a response to recent Iranian aggression, which included shooting down a drone. So the sanctions would stop top officials from accessing financial instruments and cut them off from financial markets. Any assets they have in the U.S. would be frozen. However, some experts have said that it's unlikely that any of the sanctions officials had any assets in the U.S. So what this means in practice is that this is a largely symbolic move, but it is still likely to provoke and anger Iranian officials. Washington, for its part, says it only wants to bring Iran to a negotiating table after it withdrew from the landmark 2015 nuclear deal it signed with Tehran. As well as issuing the sanctions against Khomeini, the U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin issued a whole swathe of sanctions against top Revolutionary Guard commanders. He said in a White House briefing that some of these had been in the works before the drone was shot down and some had been added since the downing of the drone. The, the executive order that the president signed was in the works previously. Uh, These actions are people who have either made threats or specific things. And again, uh, we are designating people who we believe uh, were responsible for the chain of command, whether they knew it or not. Mr. Mnuchin also said that Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javid Zarif would be sanctioned later this week. Mr. Zarif is a diplomat who is very respected in lots of foreign capitals, and he's also in charge of discussing Iran's JCPOA, the nuclear deal, with European nations. So sanctioning him is likely to be very provocative. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has faced several big setbacks in the past few months. For one, the country has experienced friction with the U.S. Last year, the Trump administration imposed sanctions on Turkey. That ignited the underlying fears foreign investors had about the economy, high inflation, a wide current account deficit, and to make matters worse, Turkey is incredibly reliant on foreign capital to keep its its economy afloat. So when people pulled out their money, the currency dived, and that has caused a series of other problems that the country is now in. That's the FT's Turkey correspondent, Laura Patel. And to add to Erdogan's challenges, he called for a rerun of Istanbul's mayoral election. His party lost the original contest by a very narrow margin, And President Erdogan said that the contest had been unfair and that it had been riddled with fraud. The country's high election board agreed and and re-ran the results, but it backfired. And on Sunday, Istanbul's opposition candidate, Ekrem Imamalu, won again and even increased his majority. So President Erdogan has always said that losing Istanbul means losing Turkey. He himself is a former mayor of Istanbul. He won election in this city 25 years ago in 1994. And he really used that as a foundation to build his own political career and the success of his party, which entered national government in 2002. Losing Istanbul matters also because of the money. Istanbul's Turkey's richest, biggest city. It has a huge municipal budget that for a long time 
Mr. Erdogan's party has kind of used to feed its networks of patronage um, that have helped to kind of feed and, and sustain its political support. So there's a very practical dimension to losing Istanbul. But probably even more powerful is the symbolic meaning of this. The guy who just won election here has shown that the opposition can cut through Erdogan's support. The president, Turkish president is a very successful political operator um, who's used means both fair and foul, his critics say, to stay in power. Winning this election is a huge moment for Ekrem Imamoglu and people are already talking about the idea that he could take on President Erdogan himself on a national level in the years ahead. So, Laura, how did the lira and the global markets more broadly react? The lira rallied quite hard after the result became clear on Sunday night. And that seems to have been a reflection of investor hopes that President Erdogan might now change course, that he might perhaps be more conciliatory towards his opponents or critics, or that he might listen to some of the concerns about his foreign policy, or that he might take greatly needed steps in terms of reforms on the economy. I must say that the currency later reversed those gains, pretty much wiping them out after the Turkish foreign minister said that Turkey was going to plow ahead with its controversial plan to buy an air defense system from Moscow. I think investors must have taken that as an early sign that perhaps the government isn't going to change course after all. So now that this has all happened, what should we expect moving forward? I think what we need to be watching for now is signs that he is willing to listen to some of the concerns about certain aspects of his style of leadership particularly on the economy. There's some talk that he might be considering a reshuffle of his top cabinet. Last year, he appointed his son-in-law, Berat Albayrak, as finance minister. That was a move that was very controversial and hasn't gone down so well with investors. So some people will be looking out for that. Another thing to watch is a big political trial began on Monday. 16 people accused of trying to overthrow the government over some protests that took place in 2013 in Turkey. The government says that these people are guilty of being part of a foreign conspiracy to bring down the government. So people will be watching very closely to see whether the court might release two of the suspects in that case who have been in pre-trial detention. That would be seen as a sign that President Erdogan might be willing to adopt a slightly different approach in the years or months ahead. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be watching Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, is set to speak in New York. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 